We are back. It is August 18th. Today we got a fun show. We look forward to this one every year. We're doing NFL awards, our predictions. Um, so we're going to get a lot of the MVP talk going on. We're always sponsored by RoyalRetros.com. Go over to RoyalRetros.com. Use promo code UPSIDEPLAY. Get 10% off your order. Today we're we're going to start with question of the week. We're going to plant our flag. I, I didn't Ooh. prep anybody for this. This is Zudo's that. first one, huh? Zudo's first question of the week, huh? Question of the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you weren't here when I in- implemented this. So basically what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you a question at the beginning of the podcast. And at the end, I'm going to give you 50 minutes to think about it. And at the end, I want to get your answer. All of us, including Patrick, who's not here today, we don't come from D1 football schools. College football is on the horizon. Zudo actually is currently going to a D1 school, so I'll give him that. But college football is on the horizon. None of us are from a football school, so this makes it a little more fun. Plant your flag. What college football team are you rooting for this year? And not that you think is going to win. Mm-hmm. Not who you think is going to win a natty. What team are you going to go out every Saturday? And no matter who they're playing, you're rooting for that team. So mm-hmm. I want everybody to plant their flag today. We're going to do a little college football. We're, we're preluding into it. You know, me and Patrick are going to try to get more content out on that end. So this is a good way to start it off. And I do have Patrick's answer already. I texted him beforehand. So college football <laughs> team, we'll get back to that at the end. Zudo joining us this week. How you feeling, pal? Back in Atlanta after sunny Florida for a little. How you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Getting back in the swing of things, the routine. It's it's great to be back right before football season. I'm very excited. Yeah. Focused. Yeah, it's good to have you. Good. All right. And I'm also joined by Vince and Maher this week. We're going to start off with a little uh, news and headlines. So Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson has been the talk of the town today. Suspended 11 games instead of the original six. Um, just poetic justice that his first game back is against the Texans. I, I mentioned it last time. We were all hoping for, you know, a year-long suspension. Um, but we're just going to we're going to work with what's in front of us. So he just got suspended 11 games, fined five million. And like I said, week 13 is his first game back. And is it versus the Texans or at the Texans? I'm sorry. That's on me. It is at the Texans. That's at awesome. the Texans. So yeah. back to Houston, his first game, not in a Texans jersey. Uh, thoughts on Deshaun Watson again, what's in front of us um, and the Browns in general for losing uh, him for 11 games? Yeah, um, obviously, Jacoby Brissett's going to be the starter unless something weird happens with a certain San Francisco quarterback. Um, sure. But, I mean, 11 games, you're, you're, I mean, obviously, you're not going out and drafting Jacoby Brissett. I am still drafting Amari Cooper, though, because I think there will be a value there. I'm going to buy the dip a little bit. And then when you really need him, he's going to get Deshaun Watson back. I'm not moving um, Kareem Hunt. I'm not moving Nick Chubb down in my rankings at all. Um but once Deshaun is back, I think he'll he'll set the league on fire. He's going to be playing with a little chip on his shoulder. Yeah, Maher, you were a big Amari Cooper advocate, you know, going into the the tail end of this offseason. So thoughts on him change a little bit as we get an extra five games for Deshaun? Um, yeah, I not much, to be honest. I, I think it does in terms of touchdowns, you know, but in terms of I think he'll make up with that in reception. So I think if you're in a PPR league, um, I still think Amari Cooper is a great grab, especially as his current ADP. Don't know that exact number, but I'm assuming it's what, like seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think it's yeah, so early seventh. Yeah. Wide receiver thirty-one. Yeah. For, so I mean, I, especially in a situation that I am, where you know I'm a run-heavy guy early on, you know I'll probably have one receiver at that point, maybe two. You know, I think it's a good grab. 
Yeah, and Zudo, thoughts on the Browns this year? You didn't talk about Deshaun with us the first time, but, I mean, quarterback situation, are you also expecting Brissett? Do you think Jimmy G makes the move on over? What do you think the Browns are going to do? Uh, I think you got to just stick with Brissett. You know, at this point, you have the weapons on offense. You can hand the ball off. Uh, you need Brissett to be a good game manager, and I think you got the coach to do it, Stefanski. I'll talk about him more a little later, but I think the Browns are going to be perfectly fine. Um, I do think Deshaun should have gotten more – um, than what he got, but that's okay. Besides that, I think the Browns are gonna be fine defensively. They're gonna be fine. So I mean, it yeah, really I seemed like a, a money thing. It was just like, hey, we're gonna give you this primetime game against the Texans, and then we'll give you a million dollars for every game after. Not mm-hmm. a coincidence at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought that was so weird when we saw the eleven games. I was like, that's a very specific date, and then everybody in the chat's like, oh, Texans first game. And I was like, huh. what was it? Make it six? Eight? Six, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess it's a no fine. It's right in the middle of six and 17 pretty much, you know, so that could have been the reasoning why it was at that odd number. But um, the the contradiction too between like the, the press release that they put out on paper and then what he was doing in the interviews, I found super hilarious. Like one is like, I'm so sorry for all the women involved. And the other one's like, I maintain my innocence. So yeah. it's, it's just a saga. It's a saga yeah. that we're going to continue to see. Um, next line here for news and headlines. We got Doug Peterson said that James Robinson will be back for week one. Um, Vince, big ETN supporter. Does this scare you a little? Uh, yeah, it does. Even with the slow start, I think it's going to be, um, you know, kind of the, one of those weird situations um, that you don't want to be a part of, especially with ETN's ADP rising a little bit since, um, you know, training camp started and we all had the, the idea that Robinson was going to miss a month of the season. That's obviously not true um he's going as the rb 38 robinson is right now in round 10 so maher said like if you don't go run heavy earlier and you're stuck you know taking grasping for straws rb 38 in round 10 i'll take james robinson every single time yeah, it does scare me as an etn truther for handcuffed sure. just seems ridiculous to call him at this point after what we've seen out of him so james so robinson being back ETN is going as rb 20 it's good for that. I mean, we don't really have a dead zone, and usually the dead zone for the running backs is like third and fourth round, and now you're kind of looking at the sixth round is where that dead zone really hits. And so, yeah, as a later guy, Patrick's elated. He's, he's pumped up yeah. that James Robinson's back. I got a, a question, a little scenario for you guys. If these three running backs are available, what's the order you take them in? James Robinson, Michael Carter, and Kareem Hunt. Solid number two guys. So yeah. um, I'll start this off. You all know me. I'm going Kareem Hunt, James Robinson, and Michael Carter. I think I'd do the same. Same exact case. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's kind yeah, of boring, too. but, you know. Yeah, it's chalk, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see with Michael Carter. I mean, Brees Hall, they, they definitely – Michael Carter did get the first snap, but it looks like they're going to be RB by committee with Brees yeah. Hall leading the way. Like, if, if I had to put a percent on it, I think Brees Hall will get 65% of the carries, maybe more. So uh, I definitely think that he is the lead back right now. And he, he did look kind of good, you know. Offensive line didn't do him a lot of favors, but he, he did break off a couple solid runs. So And Zach Wilson out, so even more room to impress with the rookie. Well, I even back. forgot to put that in the news and headlines. Oh, that he's back? Yeah, yeah. or that he, he didn't tear his ACL. Twitter doctors, man, just in shambles. What a rough week for Twitter <laughs> doctors. <laughs> Twitter right? doctors what a rough week. shambles, man. That, I, I was praying for it, too, because there was a lot of, like, very strangely enough, like, Bay Area beat writers that were commenting on it and be like, oh, that looks like a torn ACL. I've seen one of those before. And so the fact that it came back clean, I mean, obviously we're happy yeah. he's not injured, but just yeah. so much more happy that we get to dunk on those assholes. 
Um, let's go to uh, Melvin Gordon. This was a depressing one. He said after Wednesday's practice that, quote unquote, they want Javante to be the guy. Obviously, speaking about Javante Williams, um, I mean, got to be sad, right? Melvin Gordon has had a, a very storybook career in the NFL. He obviously had the, the holdout for money. And then right when people are expecting him to bounce back, the Broncos go and they draft Javante Williams, who is just this huge prospect. Zudo has him in every fantasy league that has ever existed. So, Zudo, yeah. we'll start with you on this one. How pumped up does it make you to feel that Javante's competition in year two is uh, basically saying that the team wants him to start? No, I'll be honest. I like Melvin Gordon as a player, and I think as a whole, as as the team, they they do well as a, a committee, a two-back system. Fantasy-wise, I am pumped. I'm very pumped. I have Javante in every single dynasty league, and I think at the time, you should have gone out and bought him. It's probably a little too late now because people like me are not selling, and I haven't been selling for a while. So dynasty-wise, it's too late. <laughs> you bought Javante Williams from me. For Jonathan Taylor in a, in a deal. With well, it was Taylor. it was more than jo- Jonathan it Taylor. Don't make stuff. me sound that crazy. Those the two names that were thrown around. So I need to find. I'm a JT guy. Yeah. I'm a JT guy. You know that. Vince is hilarious for that. <laughs> just for Jonathan Taylor. It was not <laughs> just Jonathan Taylor. No context. <laughs> Pretty sure Darren Waller was in that trade as well. Coming back to me, so it, it was is, just it a is. my guy thing. I wanted, so I was like, "Fuck it, let's do it." I like it. Little rivalry. That'll be one to watch for. Um, and then finally, we got Ken Walker. He's going to undergo a procedure. It was weird. We saw earlier in the week, Pete Carroll, like too much information. He's like, he has like a hernia, a non-sports hernia. And like, he was like very like vulgar in the press conference, you know, mm. I was like, what the fuck? Um, and so quote this week that we have is um, we'll undergo a procedure. So procedure for the hernia. He's going to re- miss the remainder of the preseason. Not good for a rookie. Um, hopefully ready by week one we will see but uh yeah that's that's all we know from here is that he's gonna have a procedure and he's gonna miss the remainder of the preseason regardless so uh ken walker rashad penny just been adp wise floating up and down um you're gonna be happy that you took either one in the fantasy draft that you guys have hopefully next week i I just feel like where they're going to be drafted because people are scared about them they're going to be a value eventually right now i will ask you guys this will this will help us segue in, in or out. Rashad Penny, Ken Walker, who are you taking first off the board? Ken I'm Walker. Still take, I'm still taking Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Penny is also uh, dealing with an injury, of course, and the even groin, if he yeah. were, did get healthy, he would get hurt again. So. I personally, oh. I'm staying away from the backfield, but I'd go Penny if he's like, more of a value. I like his value later. Yeah, I should have said mm-hmm. what value do you like better? Being honest, but I, I love penny's value later especially with how he finished last season vince is right he has big injury concerns and i think people uh will step off of that a little bit but penny's kind of a guy too that like finally started to break with exception of his injuries finally started to break out and then they dropped it a running back yeah i mean just because of the yeah it's so annoying penny's going at the 608 walker's going at the 711 does that change really? your lives at all? Ooh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really. I no, thought. I thought. Walker Walker was going I'll always take higher. the value. Rashad Penny's going above Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt, and Chase Edmonds. I think I'd rather have all three of those guys before Rashad Penny. Man, an ADP is so hard this year as people start to draft. But yeah, yeah. I, I love I agree. it. I love seeing those guys having higher ADPs. You know, because from a one, a, like a, a not an educated drafter. And two, just an auto-pick drafter. That kind of puts me, I'd like to think, in a good situation yeah. where the guys I value have lower ADPs, you know? 
You know, it's so weird, Vince. I'm looking on, I'm not saying you're wrong because you're obviously looking at accredited website, but I'm looking here and Rashad Penny's the RB34 on sleeper redraft and Ken Walker's RB29. So it, it's just, it's such a volatile game. So I, I actually like that question a lot more, you know, what, yeah. what running back you need to go with. So another one to watch out for Seahawks are playing right now. Geno Smith is getting no favors done. Um, but Seahawks bears on ESPN right now. Let's go over to in or out. Um, so ADP is going to be via the fantasy football calculator. Vince, we'll start off with you, your in or out. Yeah. Um, I've been doing obviously mock drafts for the last couple of weeks here to get, you know, uh, ready for one of our biggest drafts, the Jamarcus Russell fan club. And you get to that end of the third round, middle of the fourth round. And it's, you, you stare down names like Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf and Deontay Johnson. You know, they're incredibly talented players, but they're stuck with quarterbacks like Carson Wentz, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, those guys who aren't good, you know. So I'm sorry to talk shit to Geno, but, like, these quarterbacks don't really have a history of supporting great, other than, I guess, Trubisky, supporting great wide receivers. So I guess, like, are you guys in or out at these current ADPs? Like Terry McLaurin at 312, are you guys in or out with Carson Wentz? I think that Terry McLaurin has the best quarterback of this bunch. Yeah. Um, I think Terry the McLaurin. The best quarterback he's ever had, probably. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. The, just an upgrade <laughs> at quarterback, regardless. Um, he was held back last year, if you look at Terry. His, um, sorry, his catchable target rate. That's what I was going for 71.8% of catchable targets. That's what it's a player profiler score, but that's ranked 71st. In the NFL, seventy first out of wide receivers. What did he finish as the wide receiver? He he hasn't had that breakout year yet, but I think he was like the wide receiver twenty four. He had a huge snap share and just you know thirty percent of the balls thrown his way weren't catchable. That's just an automatic. It takes out contested catch. People like to bring that up, but Terry he gets good target separation. He's had shitty quarterbacks his whole career. I like Carson Wentz here. I think Terry McLaurin obviously he's going the highest here. 312, I would hope to get him in the middle of the fourth, obviously, as a value. But out of these three, um, and I have things to say about all three of them, but out of these three, I think I like Terry the best. Yeah, and he plays Trayvon Diggs twice a year. So, <laughs> oh, God, have you, Did you guys see that, that clip with Trayvon Diggs guarding Keenan Allen? Yeah. I will say, I mean, the worst defense I've ever seen. I mean, you're, yeah, he was looking at the eyes, but you know, Ma- Maher, you played corner in, in high school. And I mean, that's what a cornerback is taught to do. Like you're not taught yeah. to turn around in the red zone. It, you're it taught to shorten the field vertically. He's literally staring at him. Keenan Allen's not moving, you know? So like, I don't know. At that point you could kind of turn around, but yeah, it, yeah. it, it looked ugly. It definitely was um, what he was trained to do, but like to the, outside eye looked ugly. the flat footed was the worst part but i think like if i'm looking at that play i'm like that's a really good offensive play before i'm like really critiquing trayvon Diggs. but he's been he has been the scapegoat this offseason for good reason he got torched like half the time last year he just made up with it with picks um vince on to dk metcalf uh sorry zudo in or out on terry Oh, I like Terry. Like we're saying, it, it's tough because it's like, oh, Carson Wentz, you know, not that great, but truly it's an upgrade from Heineke and whoever else he's been working with, Colt McCoy. I love Colt McCoy, but I, I think Terry's going to have a great season. And I think out of these three, I agree with you. It's kind of, again, kind of boring chalk, but out of these three, I'm definitely going Terry. Uh, I'm not the 
I'm a little worried about Deontay because last year Noodle Arm Ben was just checking it down to Najee and Deontay all last year. I think Pickett's going to try and build the offense a little more, but yeah, going Terry. I think I think Trubisky starts there. I mean, say we'll get to DK after, but we'll segue into Deontay. Yeah, obviously the most crowded wide receiver room out of these this bunch um, with George Pickens kind of emerging. Chase Claypool's still a solid guy. Um, I, I think that Tyler Lockett has a little bit of voice of concern with DK Metcalf, but most crowded wide receiver room, I definitely say, is Pittsburgh, especially with um, Friar Muth at tight end as well. So I'm looking at that. I think Deontay is definitely target dependent. Like you said, he he relies on those short throws. Um, PPR, that's why he's a menace. That's why he was eighth yeah. last year in PPR. He had 169 targets. And then we're looking at Deontay. I think regardless of who QB1 is, it will be an upgrade for the offense, but I don't know if it's an upgrade for him. Um, Mason Rudolph, I've heard, has had a pretty solid camp so far. Mitch Trubisky looks like he's the starter. Kenny Pickett, we're, we're kind of just waiting. So yeah. it, it's a tough QB room to judge, and I also think that's going to have an effect on a wide receiver one not having you know fully built-in chemistry through a whole training camp for who his concrete starter is going to be. Yeah, De- to, to me, like Deontay Johnson is one of those guys where when you draft him as your, let's say, wide receiver two, and he comes out and he finishes as a wide receiver too, you're not even going to be happy about it because there's going to be weeks where he absolutely kills you and loses you weeks because he's going to go one for 15, and it's just going to be ugly because that offense isn't going to be able to move the ball with that quarterback play and a terrible offensive line as well. But I do think he he has the biggest chance to me to finish uh, highest out of these three. But, like, again, like Trubisky or a rookie, it's kind of – it's hard at that point to hang your hat on as your wide receiver two or your wide receiver one if you start off with a running back or a tight end. And Maher, you're on the board at 408. Are you taking Deontay Johnson? No, I'm not taking him. Um, and it's just really, like you said, crowded wide receiver room and then the question mark at quarterback. There are some guys that I think that will be there with lower ceilings but much higher floors that I would much rather take. I like that. And lastly, DK. So DK is, is right in the middle of this bunch. He's obviously incredibly gifted. You'd look at the guy, you'd see it right away. Um, he's dealing with the same kind of don't know who your QB one is. He's obviously practiced with Gino a little more. He's had a couple games last year with Gino. We're looking at targets for DK. And I mean, we talk PPR most of the time. So 8.1 targets per game with Russell Wilson last year and with Russell Wilson the whole time. So I kind of discounted the game where he went out halfway through with Gino Smith. 5.75 targets per game. So you're getting a little less than six. Gino did have four touchdown passes to him when he was playing. So in four weeks, he had four touchdown passes. So you're really banking on Gino throwing touchdowns at this point because I don't know if you guys just watched that first half. Obviously, it's preseason. You can't take too much to heart, but they are a run first team. And uh, they're I feel like they're not very afraid to show it. Gino's just like Maher said earlier. He's a game manager. So – for me, I think DK, if I'm looking upside, it's there, but I think he has the lowest floor of this bunch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. DK finished with the 14th most fantasy points among wide receivers, and he had Russell Wilson for about 13 full games. So that, that, there's a very good chance he falls out of that top 24 because he's so touchdown dependent, like Ryan pointed out, and that five targets a game isn't going to get it done, especially when you are depending on those touchdowns. And I think that five targets um, you should take with a grain of salt because he did kind of come in towards the end where you're not practicing with him every practice. You don't have training camp. You know, you're building that chemistry. So the fact that he had four touchdowns is really surprising to me, to be honest. Um, but yeah, a lot of I red think, zone looks. Too. Yeah, a lot of red if, zone looks. If you're a mediocre or a bad quarterback, 
you want a big target, you know, um, and DK is, you know, so I, I, I like him there as well. I value him probably number two as well, but not not too far back from Terry, but much more ahead of Deontay, I'd say. Will those red zone looks go away with Noah Fant there now? And I, an actual I, talented tight end in yeah, the he, he's They've been raving about him out of camp. So. Um, yeah, yeah I, another question mark for, for him as well. At, in the fourth round, I would love to take DK Metcalf. I just think that name yeah. right there makes you happy walking away with that. And he's Vince has him at the 402, according to his ADP. So at the fourth round, yes, I'm taking him there. Geno Smith, all camp. And I mean, who knows if he's going to start, but we both know that Drew Locke has a cannon and he might not be accurate, but he can throw the ball downfield. Geno Smith has had great downfield throws is all I've heard from the Seahawks camp. So either one of them, if DK gets open downfield like DK does, then he has the big playability and big playability is huge in fantasy football. Off so the top I, of your head, do you know Lockett's ADP? Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Lockett is going Tyler Lockett right here. 912. 912. See, he's he's a guy I wouldn't mind in the, you know. <laughs> yeah, in the ninth. Yeah, he's also a deep ball guy. I think his yeah. fucking, his ADOT was like 15.6. So he's downfield a lot. Um, we'll move on to mine. I have, I'll start with AJ Dillon. We'll get away from wide receivers really quickly. I have AJ Dillon. You guys in or out on him. He's the RB24. He's projected as a late fifth round pick, early sixth, right in that range. Um, he had 11 carries per game last year. His true yards per carry was 32nd in the league. Low breakaway run rate. So I, I think when we're looking at A.J. Dillon, you're really looking at someone that you're hoping gets every red zone carry possible, especially with Devontae out. Devontae was a menace in the red zone, and now Rodgers is kind of missing him. So A.J. Dillon, you know, the, the Boston College guy, Quadzilla, what are you thinking about him in late fifth, early sixth? I don't, I don't hate it, especially, you know, given what's probably going to be left. I think um, – because of the question marks at wide receivers, they may have to change their identity identity a little bit and be a little bit more run heavy. And for that reason, I think I'd value him more than I usually do. So um, I don't hate it. If I if I need a running back there and I see him on the board, I think I'd take him. And we'll just look early six. You're on the clock in the early six. Are you taking yeah. AJ Dillon? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially with like – it all depends on – roster construction at that point but usually i'm taking my third or fourth running back in the sixth round so i'm definitely i'll definitely take aj dylan at that point Damn, um, third or fourth huh yeah i'm kind of killing the zero rb I take, yeah i know i go i go robust running back so I'm, yeah, I'm a, yeah i mean 803 yards five touchdowns he only has 16 catches it looks like for like 45 yards so not someone who i want um Dylan? No, Dylan had 34 oh, yeah. receptions last year. He's yeah, involved. He, had... he was involved in the passing game. That's what I was gonna say. A lot more than you. A lot more than you would think. I think the only thing that scares me about him is he wasn't. I think he was 24th in carries last year, or mm-hmm. you know. So that's a had, um, that's a good volume already. You know, like 24. Yeah. yeah. So he he was at a good volume last year. I don't think the offensive line got better. Uh, I mean. Bakhtiari is, you know, health has just been in limbo for a really long time now. So if he's not healthy and they're using these rookie guys, I don't love AJ Dillon, but I think he's one of those dudes that can definitely like Damian Harris. Nobody liked Damian Harris last year, but he ended up with a lot of touchdowns. I think, I think that he, AJ Dillon's someone that can get a lot of touchdowns. I think at this point, the, the Packers just need to use the weapons that they have at their disposal. You just mm-hmm. lost Devontae Adams to the Raiders. So why not? You're looking over at the Browns using. Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb successfully. 
when yeah. they're missing people. So, you know, I think, I think that's, gonna that's the big strong. thing. Definitely. If they change their identity, you know, then. Mm-hmm. then and Dylan isn't that. one of those sexy running back names that you're, you're taking. So at his current ADP, you're probably going to get him at a value, maybe a round or a round and a half later than he actually is going to in your, in your home drafts. If you're not drafting with, yeah. you know, people who are actually paying attention. So <laughs> I do like AJ Dylan this year because of the value he's going to present. And with AJ Dillon, if you're the guy that ends up getting Aaron Jones, maybe something to look yeah. out for if he sneaks yeah. his way into the seventh. Just may I know it's early, yeah. early, early for a handcuff, but maybe a guy to look out for is uh and you will have standalone round. value as well. So if you do have both, then you'd have two running backs. We'll we'll get to my wide receivers after and we'll just transition into this. Maher Green Bay wide receivers in or out. So what what are your thoughts on the Green Bay wide receivers? Yeah, so I'll just run their ADP real quick. Got Alan Lazard going nine oh three. I got Christian Watson, 12.08, Romeo Dubs, 13.11, and then Sammy Watkins, 16.11. So I would say I'm out on Alan Lazard. I don't like him in the ninth round. I think if um, if you can't really produce as a, a second or third string wide receiver, I don't really see you getting open, you know, being the, the number one, if there really is a number one on that team. I could see them playing against defenses where the corners are just going to be on their comfortable side and not feel like they have to match up to anyone individually. But what I would do is I'd say I'm out on him. What what I'm in on is doing a little a stack, a late round stack. So maybe getting Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs, 12th round, 13th round, you know, or Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins in the 12th and 16th. It's kind of a toss up with them. So I think having a couple on your roster, especially so late in the draft, is not a bad idea. So um, it's it's scary, but I do think that late round ADP is something that you might want to take a risk on. There's nothing sexy about anybody in this wide receiver room. Most yeah. people are freaking out about Romeo and the start that he's had in preseason. I mean, who would have thought, you know, three months ago that we're talking about Romeo dubs three rounds yeah. ahead of Sammy Watkins. That seems fucking crazy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's volatile. I think the, there's probably going to be a Packers fan in your league and that Packers fan is going to reach on Lazard. I will say Lazard is a huge touchdown threat. He had eight last year on like 60 targets, something like that. So he is a touchdown guy. I, I don't like him in the ninth either. I the For some reason, I know it was satire, but the Aaron Rodgers quote about Alan Lazard being a Hall of Famer, going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, I find hilarious. And I, yeah. that's going to stick around in the back of my head if he creeps into that, the late 10th. That was and it was little, satire. Yeah, that was a little to, Derek Carr. Yeah, that was Devontae Adams said. It's kind of it's not that hard going oh, from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. Yeah, 100%. But like yeah. it, the way that he regarded Alan Lazard as his wide receiver one is like what I'm what I'm getting at there. What, you know? what, what Ryan's saying is he's going to look at Alan, Alan oh, Lazard yeah. and say, this guy might have a better year than Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly that. Uh, Zudo, what are your thoughts on the on the wide receiver room over in Green Bay? Uh, I think Lazard, like that late, I'll take a chance on him. If he falls 11th round, 10th, 11th round, I'm going to take a chance. Um, definitely one of my value picks this year. But altogether, I, I really only want A.J. Dillon out of Green Bay. I think that value on him is great. I'm not really touching the receivers unless they fall a couple rounds later than their ADP suggested. And that, that hit us all. So I'll, I'll go back to my receiver one. I, I feel like most of us, we're, we're going to take a chance on a Packers receiver late just because they have Aaron Rodgers and any of them could break out. I think that's the gist of the story. Um, we'll go over to mine. guy. Another team that uh, they have a new quarterback, so chemistry might not be all the way there yet. But we're, we're talking about Jerry Judy. We're talking about Cortland Sutton. Right now they are going – what are we looking at? 
early to mid fifth, and it is back to back. Very similar. Where was Cooper Cup last year? Uh, fifth round. So very, very similar to the Cup and Wood situations. Very, it's eerily similar. Um, so Judy's going wide receiver 19. Sutton's going wide receiver 20. Both are early to mid fifth round picks. This is one that people have been, uh, you know, it's been a toss up on Twitter lately. Who is going to be the alpha of this team? It's it's hard to use previous year stats as well because we're looking at a team that had Drew Locke, that had Teddy Bridgewater. Cortland Sutton's best finish was with Flacco, Locke, and Brandon Allen. Like a, a trio of them, and he finished like the wide receiver 18 or something like that. So he is the one that's the notorious. Uh, he's a locker room leader. He's He's been known as someone that they rally around in there. Um, his lack of scoring last year is really concerning. So he only had two touchdowns. Um, the targets, obviously, off of the ACL. Um, targets went down significantly since when he was healthy in 2019. So big things to look out there. And we have Jerry Judy, who was known as one of the best talents going into the draft a couple of years ago and just hasn't produced yet. Um, dealt with a couple of injuries and just hasn't been the guy he's made out to be. So thoughts on this Broncos wide receiver room. Who are you taking first off the board? I'm taking Cortland Sutton off the board first. I'm not touching Jerry Judy with the ten foot pole. Um, I think I don't think Jerry Judy's as as good as people like to talk about him. I think Cortland Sutton is good. Uh, I think the sixth is probably like honestly like the perfect spot for Cortland Sutton right now. That's a perfect value. Um, I think Cortland Sutton will have about eight touchdowns, about 1,100 yards. I think in that offense with that with uh, Alberto. Uh, Javante, I think that's a pretty solid stat line to get. And I think he's going to outperform. Would you say the wide receiver 20 he's going as? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's going to outperform that, that ADP as well. Uh, I agree with Vince. I'm going Cortland Sutton all the way. And 1,100 yards is kind of a good marker. The thing about Judy that scares me is the goose egg on touchdowns last year. And I know we talked about quarterback play. He also had, I'm pretty sure, under 500 yards. With, you know, with Russell Wilson coming into town. Yeah, no, I, I could see him He's potentially so doubling that, but I'm still like I'm still not even touching him. I, I'm going Sutton all the way, and uh, I think the touchdowns are going to raise into the double digits with Russell Wilson. I think Sutton it just has such a higher floor, and with these guys and how many weapons they have on this offense, Tim Patrick did go down, so that's something to look out for. But Jerry Who Judy read that last year touchdowns last year as well. Tim yeah, Patrick. as a Jerry Judy dynasty owner, Tim Patrick just frustrates you. So I just don't. Yeah. Jerry Judy last year, people are always talking about the injury and saying he really couldn't get that breakout performance because he was hurt. He was on pace for less than 100 targets still. So his his pace numbers weren't great either. It might have been a lingering injury, but I think he's a clear talent that hasn't produced yet, and he has a very, very high upside. And in the sixth round, if he makes it to the sixth round, those are the type of players that you look for. I, I think those are you get your established five guys, and then you look for a Jerry Judy you look for a Juju Smith, one of those guys that can truly elevate your offense and elevate your wide receiver room. And I mean, if you miss out on a six round pick, it's not as bad as missing out on like a fourth round guy. And so he's definitely not someone I would reach for. But if he's there late fifth, early sixth, I think I'd take the I take the chance on Jerry Judy. He is a big wide receiver. He has success with DK. I'm not comparing these guys size or skill set at all, but he does have success with bigger wide receivers. So, I, I mean, I would lean Cortland Sutton as well. Amar, did you would you say Sutton? I don't know. You know, once you said that thing about size, yeah, he had connections with DK, but I like to think of Judy kind of like as a Baldwin, a Doug Baldwin a little bit. And um, they had some star connection there. 
But I mean, I do I think they're both risks. I, I love talking about Doug Baldwin. I do think they're both risks. I think um, you're right. Sutton does have a higher floor. But when I do get in that draft, I think that there's going to, like that point in the draft, there's going to be, I'm going to hopefully have my two receivers there that I'm going to ride with. And the rest of them, I'm just going to be taking risks on. And I and think I'm, I'd rather take risks on a talent like Judy than Sutton. How many leagues have you won by being safe? Um, oh, none. Yeah, I feel like nobody wins when they're being safe. It's usually the yeah. guy that takes a risk on, you know, my a flyer that like like in a Monroe St. Brown that shouldn't get drafted at all. And you take him in the 10th, like something yeah, like that, you know, my, my safest my safest picks last year were Christian McCaffrey and Calvin Ridley. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you had two first first and second round guys go out for the majority of the season still took it home. That's why taking those high upside guys can really pay off for you, especially in, you know, high money leagues. So that is, uh, and then we're, we're going over to Zudo. Um, Zudo went home for a little bit here. Kyle Pitts. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like for me, it's a perfect in and out segment because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm totally out on Kyle Pitts at his ADP. I, I think he's going to have an insane year. I think the second year in the offense, he's going to be a lot more situated and have more rapport and he's going to know more. He's going to get more than one touchdown. He's going to get over 1,100 yards. He's going to be great. But I don't want to take a tight end in the third round. But I could take Dalton Schultz in the sixth round potentially. I can take Hunter Henry in the eleventh round. It's it's all about value for me, and so I think Pitts will potentially outperform his ADP, but not enough to where you're taking him at that spot. I don't think you're going to get a lot of league winners there. Yeah, I see three eleven as his ADP. Um, that's a lot later than I was anticipating him going. I had I had a mid third round wherever I'm looking right now. Um, if I'm at the turn and I see Kyle Pitts there, I mean, and there's Smash. three other wide receivers. Smash. I, I think I am the king of I'm going to wait for a tight end late and I'm going to make it work. I think I've done it basically every year that I played with you guys. I could just wait and find the right tight end. Even if I miss on my guy taking the 11th, I feel like my guy in the 16th ends up hitting a little bit. And with tight ends, what is hitting, right? Like, oh, he finished tight end seven. So he had a thousand less points than Travis Kelsey. That's 30 catches for 400 yards and two touchdowns. Like, that's fine. (laughs) Kyle Pitts is one of those guys that I feel like he could really transcend your team. I think you're totally right on the touchdown numbers. They're going to highly, highly elevate. He's going to play outside a lot this year. Drake London, while he did look great, I don't think he's going to take away immediate from what Kyle Pitts can do, especially Maher for a quarterback that is younger and a quarterback that, you know, might not be uh, Marcus Mariota, I wouldn't say is younger, but he hasn't had a lot of playing time in the last couple of years. And so Maher always says your safety blanket is your tight end. Kyle Pitts is a little bigger than a safety blanket right now. That guy's massive. So <laughs> I, I love him at the end of the third round. If you, if you get him there, the three eleven specifically, if you're at the turn and you can get Kyle Pitts and then another receiver, you like two picks later, that's a smash for me. For, for me, it's tough too. I'll say real quick, and this might not be for a lot of y'all because you live out West, but regional. If you're in the southeast where I live, Kyle Pitts is getting taken in like the second round every mock draft I do. So it's mm. just I'm not touching him that early. But if he 100%. falls to the fourth round, shit, yeah, I, I'm the type of guy who always thinks he's going to take a tight end late and ends up taking him pretty early. So yeah, we'll see. see the thing with tight ends is, um, you know, you could ha- be a really good successful tight end, but who did you sacrifice to get that tight end? You know, that's the, the thing. So if I'm in the situation where I'm not crazy about all, all I see is Brees Hall and. DK Metcalf left, you know, or something like that. I mean, maybe I'm in the wrong ADP for this scenario, but if I'm in the situation to where I'm not really high on the best available running backs or 
really high on the best available tight or wide receivers, then I would take that risk with Kyle Pitts. But if there is a wide receiver running back that I like, I do not see myself um, sacrificing them, them for a tight end. Obviously, it's dependent yeah. on what your team looks like. But, yeah. I mean, right in front of him, 309, 310, at least for what we're using here, fantasy football calculators, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins right in front of him. And then right behind him is Terry, D.K., Travis Etienne. And I think I get him there. I think I'm taking him there, too. Yeah. Vince? I'm not high on those running backs or wide receivers. I probably would, too. <laughs> I'm a Cam Akers guy, and I'm passing up Cam Akers for Kyle Pitts all day. I think Kyle Pitts um, – I'm going to tip my hand a little bit for our draft coming up, but – this is the, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a tight end early this year. If you're like, in a tight end flex, does that change anything? Do you for sure pull the trigger if you're in a tight end flex? He's uh, like if he gets like Mark Andrews round two or something like that. No, like if you know, like you you know you could get Goddard or Schultz in seven or eight too. You know, would you get them both? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, tight, tight ends are kind of disrespectful or disrespected. I mean, yeah. there's this year I think there's seven really good or tight ends. I think Kyle Pitts will finish in the top three. Um, yeah, I'm taking him every single time. And Marcus Mariota actually got from Delaney Walker, he got a, a number two overall finish, a number three overall finish, and a number five with Marcus Mariota at quarterback. So I'm taking Kyle Pitts and those numbers with me. And Kyle Pitts better than Delaney Walker. So Kyle Pitts tight end one season is incoming. Delaney Walker was pretty fucking good. Niners what? legend. Uh, yeah, I like how it's too. That, that's good for in or out. That's good. Uh, I, I didn't want to tip too much redraft. We're going to talk a lot about redraft next week, mainly because we draft on Saturday. We draft this Saturday. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh uh, yeah. We, we guys we are drafting kind of early. We are. Yeah, thinking. we are. Yeah. It, it was uh, super busy. So I'm glad we're doing We're drafting September 4th, I think. Yeah, that's right. Before, most people do it right before the league starts. This just happened to work out for everybody. And we drafted early last year, and I was the one that got fucked over the most. And I, I really don't care. So, yeah. you know, I think it's fun. I think it adds another element to it. But, yeah, right before the season is typically preferred. We're, this is a $30 league, so we're not tripping on it too much. Uh, but it is the most prestigious league of all time, Jamarcus Russell Fan Club. Rain and you, know, you want to come on with me? Rain and champ. What? Get, go, no, yes. No co-owners. Yes. No, no, no. Come oh, on. No, 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 Vince. Under the table, we'll talk about we're, it. We're we're gonna rele- we're gonna relegate someone Zudo, and you're gonna get in next year. So don't. Yeah, worry. I would. Oh yeah, that's why I forgot about that. Yeah. I think I we're gonna that. do relegation. We're we're talking about it. It's my big idea. All right, we're at 40 minutes, so we got, we gotta crank out these uh, award predictions right now. Um, so we we're gonna start off with MVP, the most coveted one. Um, a lot of a lot of similarities on these lists. Um, Vince, keep it brief, but your MVP pick. Uh, the best quarterback in football, Justin Herbert. All right. Thank you, Vince. <laughs> that was brief. That was brief. That was good. Brief? <laughs> I mean, uh, for a uh, Justin Herbert is the, uh, I, I believe he's the number three uh, highest odds wise. So you're obviously expecting a big smash out of the chargers this year. Mm. You're expecting him to dominate the Raiders is what it sounds like as well, since you have him in MVP. Well, I have the chargers at 15 and two and the Raiders at 17 and 0. So. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. So no Derek Carr MVP though, huh? You know, it's it's He's close, a good it's close race. Pick. It's a close yeah. race. Uh, I'm gonna read off Patrick's as well as we go along since he's not here. He also had Justin Herbert. He's also very high in the Chargers. Okay. Nick, your MVP pick. So it was between Justin Herbert and Josh Allen, and I decided not to just join everyone else. But I really do love Josh Allen. I think the Bills are gonna be a Super Bowl contending team. Obviously, it's Easy to easy enough to say. 
I'll keep it short and sweet. Josh Allen, best quarterback in football. There you go. You like win a goddamn coin flip. You what do you think the game. What do you think the if Josh Allen is the highest odds? I think he's at like plus plus seven fifty. I mean, I should say lowest odds. I guess so it's an easy. The best game, chance yeah. to win MVP is what Vegas is looking at. Um, what are your thoughts on his rushing upside this year? Do you think they try to use the legs a little less so they can preserve him after you know the big contract? And he did take a couple licks last year. No, no, I, I, I don't think so. I, I think you got to let Josh be Josh. And, I think they try to out. limit the, the designed runs, but you can't yes. stop the guy from, I was gonna say, you know, yeah. the place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a lot of third and four design runs. So uh, those intermediate ones where they just designed a run for him. So I agree. I think those are going to stop a little bit. Uh, me and Maher had the same guy. Maher, I'll let you shout it out here. You had him first. Yeah, um, Lamar Jackson. And I think obviously his rushing ability speaks for itself. I think that he's going to have a good year with Rashad Bateman. I'm really high on him. And I think that's going to boost his stock a little bit. And I know you said Bills Super Bowl. I think it's going to be Ravens Bills AFC Championship game. Wow. So, and he's he's ninth back right now. So he's yeah. plus two thousand basically. He's he's I might have to lock that in. It's a it's a solid like if you're looking for a value pick, a former MVP, a guy that was hurt last year, um, and I think that with his receiving core, he's just going to be so praised. Like regardless of what happens with yeah. this offense, you know he's in such a good situation to have the emphasis of the looks. If they're successful, they're going to say, "Wow, Lamar Jackson, he's great. He's basically a lock for a thousand rushing yards. Uh, he's averaged like sixty four rushing yards a game." for his entire career thus far. And if you do that, that's like close to 1,100 yards rushing. So he's going to have a lot of yards on the ground. If Rashad Bateman steps up, I think he's a very, very clear contender. Playing for, for a contract as well. So Playing for a huge – and he wants some money. Yeah. He's yeah. negotiating for himself. He said he's not going to negotiate once the season starts. So if they don't lock it in right now, he's going to play with a fire under his ass for sure. Um, so that's MVP. Let's go over to Offensive Player of the Year. All of us didn't take a quarterback. A quarterback hasn't won since Patrick Mahomes, I believe. So it's been a while. Um, last three years, it has been a position player outside of the quarterback. So it's been Cooper Cup. We got Derrick Henry and then Michael Thomas. Vince, we'll start with you. You've been sucking this guy's nuts for years now. <laughs> Your offensive player of the year. Yeah, it's the best wide receiver in football, not named Devontae Adams. It's Justin Jefferson. Yeah. I, I, I'm Honestly, this isn't a joke. I see 130 catches. I see 1,500, 1,600 yards and double-digit touchdowns. Um, no one's going to stop this fucking guy. He's just a monster. Except for practice, Ambry Thomas. Uh, Nick also had Justin Jefferson. Thoughts on him? Vince said it best. I mean, uh, I actually think he's the best wide receiver in football right now. Hold on. Hold on. And I think now that the Vikings are committing to passing more, as they say, so they say, he's going to go off. Yeah, Justin Jefferson's a fucking monster. His routes are insane. I mean, he he turns cornerbacks' ankles in half. So I, I like Justin Jefferson a lot. I think he's definitely a top three receiver in the league right now. My pick is Stephon Diggs, different wide receiver, going at the tail end of the first round. But Stephon Diggs, I just look at this Bills offense, and you're not wowed by the running back room. You are wowed by Josh Allen, and they lost two pretty important receivers in Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. And so – Outside of Stephon Diggs, there's Gabe Davis, there's Jamison Crowder, right? Uh, You're not scared of Jamison Crowder? He's a baller. My point being that Stephon Diggs is just in that same situation that I, I feel like 
he's going to have a shit ton of targets. This is going to be a high-powered offense. Usually the award winner for this is on a number one type of seed team or close to the number one seed that overperforms on the offense and they're not a quarterback. And so I think all of those things line up for Stephon Diggs. He has pretty good odds to win the award right now as well. So it's one to look out for. I really like his value, Stephon Diggs for me, Maher. Uh, I'm going to go the other guy on Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to go Dalvin Cook. I told you guys once, I'll tell you guys again, the big backs are back. You know, it's um, this guy is going to have a beast mode type of year. He's going to run aggressive like he always does. No one's going to want to tackle him. With Justin Jefferson, and, uh, you know, I'm still high on Adam Thielen, I think, for another year. I think um, teams are going to be in nickel defense pretty much the whole time against Minnesota. So good luck top tackling that guy with, you know, four or five yards of running room. I, I'm so high on him this year. And he contributes in the pass game more than you would think a big back would. So um, I'm, I love the guy. I, I'm Dalvin Cook him. has great odds, plus 2,500, basically. Justin Jefferson, if we're keeping track, is plus 1,500. So he's pretty close to the top. I think he's six yeah. down in odds. Um, but, yeah, Dalvin Cook plus 2,500. I was surprised at how low my guy was. I think Stephon Diggs is plus 4,000 right now. Yeah, what scares me about Stephon Diggs is just the attention that he's going to get. You know, he's still going to produce. He's an awesome route runner. He creates space for himself, which is not a problem. But, um, you know, there's going to be a safety looking at him all the time. Yeah, definitely. You don't have a true wide receiver, too, like you were saying, Ryan Davis or Crowder. Davis, man, he's a baller, apparently, on fantasy Twitter. It takes. I think Dave, Dave Davis is going to have right. one big breakout week, and that is going to alleviate a little bit of the looks, just because Gabe Davis has a huge breakout week, just like that four touchdown game out of nowhere. I think he's going to have one of those, and he's going to be pretty intermediate the rest of the time. So he has I like that. Receiving yards than Lavisca Chenault in his career. <laughs> um, Patrick had Najee Harris as his offensive player of the year. Najee, where is he at here? Najee is. He's pretty far down. He's plus 7,500. So value bet for Patrick right there. You want to go a little dark horse. Um, the rest of these, I actually have sleeper picks for. So I'll give my pick and then the sleeper pick. But defensive player of the year, we'll start with Vince and Nick. They Vince, Nick, and Maher. You guys all have the same guy. Go for it. I mean, yeah, this is Maher's guy. But Miles Garrett's one of the best defensive players ever. I mean, at least in my lifetime. That guy's just a fucking monster. I think he leads the league in sacks this year. Um, he really propels that Browns defense to kind of alleviate the loss of Deshaun Watson. So I think Miles Garrett, um, eyes are going to be on him to kind of lead that Browns team until Watson's back. And he, he's had incredible years, and TJ Watt has just kind of derailed it a little bit, but he's yeah. got his own. Uh, Aaron Donald as well. Um, Nick any Nick and Maher, any closing thoughts after that? Or you Vince hit it? Um, yeah, I mean, I just would like to kind of address that the – the division teams that he's going to play against Pittsburgh doesn't mm-hmm. have the best offensive line. Cincinnati cleaned theirs up, but they still got, you know, a questionable O-line on some aspects of it. And then Baltimore, as much as I like Baltimore with um, Lamar Jackson running around in the backfield, there may be some attempted runs that, you know, he's going to run, but he's really technically getting sacked, you know? So mm-hmm. I think those are going to pad his stats. So, I mean, like Vince said, he's, he's the fucking man, you know, but he's um, also put in a, like a situation to succeed with his division as well. 
And me, me and Patrick, we, we finally showed our Bay Area bias. We, we didn't do it for the entire podcast. So I wanted to put Trey as my MVP guy just to piss everyone off. Patrick but... actually did put Trey Lance as his MVP for about five minutes and then changed it just Justin Herbert. I saw love that. it. We're on the same page <laughs> here. Uh, yeah, so me and Patrick went Nick Bosa. Uh, I, I think the same thing. We, we've seen such elite defenders, and Nick Bosa has been very, very consistent when on the field. Um, he said he's coming off his best training camp thus far. Interior offensive line looks great. So there's a lot of people to cover on this D-line. Nick Bosa is obviously a top five DN in the league. And uh, it, our defense as a whole, I think, is going to get a lot of credit for how well we perform. And he's the leader of that defense. So that, that could go into the voting there. I just he's, he's gotten hurt by other people having insane years, like years that we've never seen. Like TJ Watt had the most sacks ever. So it, it's tough for that. But me and Patrick are both on Nick Bosa, who has pretty solid odds as well over to comeback player of the year or no sorry offensive rookie of the year vince is very chalk i think the the listeners that we have could answer this for vince i just changed did you i did it looks like the same guy did you change in your mind no i changed it in my mind just looking at this board right now go for it i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with ken walker okay i'm gonna go with ken walker i'm gonna take the dip on the odds I do believe that he is going to be a star for the Seahawks. Um, I do love Brees Hall. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows I love Brees Hall. But I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker as my offensive rookie of the year. Kenneth Walker currently at the plus 1,500 mark right around there. Uh, Zudo. So I'm going to go Kenny Pickett. And it's a little bit of a reach, I feel like, just because, you know, the word out of camp is Trubisky's been successful. Like you're saying, he's probably going to be the starter. Even Mason Rudolph's look good. This was three quarterbacks in contention. But I think at the end of the day, the draft capital they spent on him, and they're a team who wants to win and has a history of success, they're going to want to put in their rookie if things are going to shit midway through the season. So I, I do think if Pickett comes in like week six, week seven, I know it's not midway, but close there enough and starts dominating and taking Pittsburgh into the playoffs, I think he can win this award. I like it. Um, I'm next. I got Traylon Burks. I like Traylon Burks' opportunity. I will say there's a chance. Oh, fuck. I forgot to do my sleeper for the defensive player of the year. Um, there's a chance that Traylon Burks, hot, hot take. Kyle Phillips looks fucking amazing right now. Kyle Phillips has just been putting people in the blender, another wide receiver for the Titans. So I think the young Titans are going to come out. I think Traylon Burks has clear opportunity to play we don't know if robert woods is going to be back by week one if not that puts trail on as the alpha for me we've seen some crazy good highlights out of training camp thus far so i got trail on burks um trail on if you're looking for it is currently plus 1400 right around there so just behind just in front of ken walker maher your offensive rookie of the year i'm gonna go chris Olave. i think he's the perfect combination of nfl ready being on a decent team having a good quarterback and having um, a receiving core to kind of take the pressure off you. And I think he's going to have some awesome mismatches this year, and the, and Jameis Winston's going to take advantage of that. And then uh, my sleeper for Offensive Rookie of the Year, just so it's out there, Damian Pierce. Um, had a great week one in preseason. I, I love the the value he's at. I think he's at like plus 4,500 right now. He could very well be a starting running back in the NFL for the Texans. So. Damian Pierce as well. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Me and Vince have the same guy. Um, did you change it on me? No, we're good. Me and Vince have the same guy. Aiden Hutchinson, um, the hard knocks effect. He's the clear front runner for this right now. He's at plus 500. Hutch just looks like a, a dominant DN. He's been given Panay Sewell problems. 
Um, and, and if you look at this award, it's been won by defensive ends or, you know, people on the defensive line. I think the past like three years, I'm considering Micah Parsons an edge rusher for this, but last three or four years, it's gone to a guy on the line. So I like Aiden Hutchinson here. He's the one that fits the bill. I wanted to say Jordan Davis, but it, it doesn't look like he's going to be a, a starter. That was my sleeper for this one was Jordan Davis. Yeah. And it's yeah. tough. D tackles too don't really get a lot of spotlight. Like they, yeah. um, you know, they yeah. impact plays, but they don't really get stats. And Mar, you and Pat had the same guy. Who's your pick for a defensive rookie of the year? Uh, I'm going to say Kayvon Thibbs. You know, I like um, – I think the – it was a very good defensive class, I think, this year. And it's all really a, a toss-up. I just really like his motor. And I think he's going to come out hungry. I do think he's one of the more NFL-ready yeah, he's been a monster. They said he's unblockable, quote unquote, yeah. in the training camp. I, I love these training camp quotes because you just think everybody's gonna be so. Wait till he good. sees Lane Johnson and Jordan Miles. <laughs> and I mean, speaking of the Eagles, we have uh, Zudo's pick. He stepped away for a second, but N'Kobe Dean. So, yeah, I was um, surprised. I, I love you know I love that he picked an Eagle, but the Eagles are really high on two linebackers right now. T.J. Edwards has been blowing up camp, and he had a really good end of the year. And Kaiser White just had a pick and training camp and he had yeah, a yeah. preseason and he had a great year with the chargers so um i would love to see nicobe dean shine but right now he's comfortably third on the eagles roster yeah yeah he's down there for sure and i mean he's still recovering a little bit too so yeah. we'll see nicobe is definitely a guy that i think will shine a little more in the second year in the nfl but you, you never know with the rookies uh comeback player of the year vince who's your guy yeah i went with christian mccaffrey um i do like the pick for like Saquon Barkley, but I, I just went with CMC because I feel like if his season is more of a breakout season or not a breakout, but like a legit season, then the Panthers will go farther rather than if Barkley was good, then the Giants will go farther. So I went with CMC actually staying healthy for a full season for them. And Zudo, I love Zudo's pick. It's just such a, a testament to his, his boyhood dreams here. Your comeback player of the year, Zudo. Yeah, he's not gonna win it. Um, it seems like he's the media. <laughs> that the media. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I wish he would, but Matt Ryan. Uh, I think going to Indianapolis, he's gonna be appreciated a lot more for the leader he is. You know, not only just playing his play on the field, but you know, off the field right now, he. I think he's gonna be a great coach when he gets older. So, I think he's gonna elevate this Colts team to more than a Isn't playoff. Like Forty. Isn't yeah. he I, I think you made this pick thinking at the end of this year, who am I gonna ask for my team to come back? after watching desmond ritter and Mariota, you're gonna say matt ryan come back please no 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 i I think it was i think it was a healthy breakup between matt ryan and the falcons it was much needed uh we got to move on but uh you know i do think at the end of the year the colts are going to be in a position to win and it's going to be because of him and jonathan taylor a few other guys i'm next up here I, i did take saquon barkley vince alluded to it earlier um Saquon's a pretty solid value right now. He's right hovering around plus fifteen hundred to that plus two thousand range. Um he's been a very, very important part to this offense. I will say my sleeper is Julio Jones. Julio Jones. I thought, I thought about that a little good bit. One. I about it. Yeah. Julio Jones has some very good odds. He's playing with a very, very good quarterback. And uh let's see, Julio's down there at plus forty five hundred right now. So look out for him. He's he's could definitely be a big, big value. Maher, you and Patrick both took New Orleans Saints players, but different guys. Who's your pick? I'm taking Jameis Winston. You um, you know, I always like to bring up his little LASIK surgery. You know, after that, he um, kind of cleaned it up, cleaned up his interceptions. I think he was always an all-star quarterback. 
if you can reduce the interceptions. And although we didn't get to see too much of him last year, it looks like he kind of figured that out. He has an awesome receiving core with the exception of Kamara's maybe six games out. He's going to have some rushing power, I guess, to kind of take the pressure off of him. And uh, he got a good defense to kind of, you know, get him the ball in good situations. So I, I love the situation that he's in this year. And I think he's poised to have a great year. I just, Jameis has the best workout videos. The question of the week last year or last week was uh, an interview you wish you could get with someone. I think Jameis should have been up there for me. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's worth noting that this off season, he realized that his passion isn't football. It's playing football. So now that he figured that out, you know, who knows? (laughs) Very Antonio Brown of him. Um, And then Patrick was Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is the, uh, the favorite right now. Oh no, he's not. He's right. He's right behind Christian McCaffrey actually. Um, So Michael Thomas for Pat and then coach we'll finish off with coach. And then the answer to the question of the week, we're going to hit right around an hour here. Vince, who is your coach of the year candidate? Uh, Kevin O'Connell. If you, you know, listen to the Vikings um, division breakdown, I'm very high on the Vikings. Um, I think they win that division. Um, I'm very high on that team. So Kevin O'Connell is going to have a great year. So I went with him. I I, th- I think the the Vikings, if they do make the playoffs and like convincingly, he's definitely going to be up there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zudo, previous winner, who's your guy? We want Kevin Stefanski, the better Kevin. I think. Uh, I just I just truly think with the quarterback situation and the fact that the Browns are still going to be in contention all year, the media is going to have to look at them and drool over them because, you know, who who are they going to put, give all this credit to? I mean, yeah, it could be the defense, everyone, but they're going to want to find a, find a coach. It's going to be him. Yeah. Stefanski was actually my sleeper um, only because he had won it previously, but I I agree with that. Uh, I went Nick Sirianni, the Maher's head coach. I think that if the, if the Eagles are, you know, finishing where we expect them to finish, where all of us pretty much expect them to finish. He's got to be up there. Um, They definitely have a very talented team, but getting it to work and, you know, being a second year guy and having back-to-back playoff or you guys were what you you barely sniffed into the playoffs last year. Yeah. Right right there with us. So yeah, back-to-back playoff appearances with, you know, the team that he's had, I think they're, like I said, very talented roster this year, but the back-to-back performances and finishing with 11 or 12 wins, I think that can propel him to, Coach of the year. Maher. You're right, man. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go John Harbaugh. Uh, what what kind of scares me about that pick is I know it's it's Lamar Jackson's team. If they do good, it's going to look like it was him. If they do bad, it's going to look like it was him. But John Harbaugh, um, he got to the team, you know, and I think he's in full control of their success. I think he's an awesome coach. They got a, a good deep. I know they're kind of an older team, but um, I do see them going to the AFC Championship. And I think if they can if, if they can do that, then a lot of credit should go to him. He should have like gotten hooked last year. He was killed with injuries, and they missed yeah, out on the playoffs yeah. by a game. Yeah, and you know, and that does show how yeah. awesome he made Tyler Huntley look decent. You know, <laughs> so that that's it for the awards. Um, I'll, I'll probably log them in and maybe make a little graphic for everybody to see. But that is it for the. Oh, Patrick had Dan Campbell. Sorry, Patrick went with Dan Campbell. Bite your kneecaps Boy, off. The, people the people's. The people's head coach, the people's pick. Uh, Question of the week. We'll finish off with this. Plant your flag. What college football team? And again, I want to reiterate, not the team that you think is going to win. A team that week in, week out, you are going to root for, regardless of how shitty they are. Uh, Zudo, we'll start with you, the D1 boy himself. What do you got? Um, I'll go 
I'll go Kennesaw State, the school I go to. Why not? <laughs> Love it. Why not? Love it. Yeah, hootie who, go owls. You know, we're not big on the map, but we're pretty good for what we are. So have fun, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'll, I'll do Patrick's next. He had Utah. Um, Utah is predicted to be pretty solid this year. Um, they're, they're right at the top of the Pac-12. Usually the way it goes for me is I'll wait until like week six. And I'll be like, all right, who's in the top of the Pac-12? I just want the Pac-12 to win something, um, except for Oregon. I, I just don't like Oregon for some reason. But, it's the jerseys um, for me for Oregon. I, I don't like switching jerseys every week. I don't know why. I think that's cool. I just I think everybody likes Oregon out here because of the jerseys, and it kind of pisses me off. Uh, Maher. Um, I'm going to go with this team. I feel like a lot of people hate this team, especially now, you know, moving to the Big Ten, but I've always been pretty high on them. I'm going to go with USC. I I love them, you know, ever since they, uh, you know, that whole, what was it, the Reggie Bush debacle, and they had their shitty years, and they looked like mm-hmm. they were going to bounce back, but then they had those injuries at quarterback. And, yeah. um, you know, now they got Lincoln Riley. I I like it. I'm, I'm high on them. I would, I'm going to root for them every time. They're in a they're in a very good position, and they they were my runner up team uh, mainly because my roommate just graduated, got his uh, master's oh, yeah. from USC. So shout out to Nick, shout out to Hufunga. Um, so USC was my second team. I know Vince is gonna choose, so I'm gonna go right before him. I hate to say it because they're gonna fucking suck this year, but Arizona State. I, I very famously attended Arizona State online for half a semester. Very, very famously. So Spartans, or are they even the fucking Spartans? Um, the Sun Devils. Sun Devils. The Sun Devils. <laughs> the, we're, we're sun doubling up here. Let's go Arizona State. And Vince, close us off with your boring chalk pick. Uh, it's not a chalk pick. I'm going to the SEC, I believe. Changing. I, I, I don't know where they are. I'm going with the Gamecocks of South Carolina. Oh, I'm going with my boy Spencer Rattler. Uh, yeah. Draft boys, it's been Spencer Rattler season. I changed it because Patrick's not on this pod to talk shit about him. So Spencer Rattler season is in I fucking love it, Vince. Vince I is a notorious. Know. I'm just gonna root for Clemson. Fuck Clemson. I love the South Carolina. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I still love Clemson. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Best defense in the country. Let's hold on, okay? That is hold question on. of the week. I, I love it. It gets the juices going at the end. Thank you guys so much. Go to RoyalRetros.com. Use promo code Upside Play. Get 10% off your order. Let's go, boys. We're three weeks away. We're three weeks away. Go Niners.